This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. program with no patent stew. So it's the Sands Patent Stew Patent Stew program. It's Doc Thompson, Jason Buttrell, and Caleb Parker. Ba-dum-bum. I found some like Trump cologne over here. <laughs> Jeffy's got some weird stuff over here. Well, he's got to sanitize and also where's my booster fragrant. seat? I was gonna say what is going on? what are you doing? What is <laughs> you got like the I mean does Jeffy normally stand? He stands, right? Or does he sit? Oh, well, they told me I could coolly. get a booster seat, but I haven't you could just, gotten one How about yet. just try standing up? Let's see how that works. <laughs> so oh, okay. Much there it is. better. Yeah. Okay, very good. Nice. All right. Much better. Good. It's, uh, <laughs> television at its finest. Okay, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. All right, right off the bat, we got some uh, interesting news. Um, we got cabinet picks now. We're on cabinet watch with uh, Donald Trump. And first up... Nikki Haley, governor of South Carolina, has been picked for, it's not really a cabinet-level position, but uh, ambassador to the U.N. Yeah. Your thoughts? I'm not sure what I even think about the ambassadorship to the U.N., um, because, I don't know, I, when, you put, when they put Samantha Power as that before, I just kind of thought it was a joke. Um, <laughs> right. But she was deemed as an expert in U.N. affairs, but really she got her job, or she cut her teeth as a journalist covering the Balkan Wars. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, she was one of the reasons why, I mean, she, it was a very one-sided reporting. It was a very, it was, a, I don't know how controversial I'm going to sound on this, but it was a hit job against uh, the Serbian government. Okay. And they, were, they definitely weren't angels, and they deserved a lot of what they got, but she completely just glossed over the fact that uh, jihadist Islamists and terrorists were killing a lot of Serbians. But she completely did not look at that, and that was something that carried on in the Obama administration, of them completely whitewashing that and not even So the whole position is kind of suspect with you, or odd. It's an odd, questionable, does it matter, is okay, it well, important? It is, but with a caveat of the, the, we are a permanent member of the Security Council. Right. So Nick Nikki Haley is, I, I, I concede that she's a rising star, you know, in the Republican Party. Um, I think that she uh, is, she would make a good diplomat, but she has zero, zero um, background with foreign affairs. See, I have, I have two points. First of all, the position of ambassador to the UN, like you said, we're a permanent member of the Security Council. Um, and, and folks, I'm admitting I could be completely wrong about what I'm about to say, but I'm not sure how important that role really is. I feel like, even, well, in diplomats around the, around the globe, the reason we had ambassadors years ago is because it used to take you six months to get across the ocean, you know, for the president to say, yes, we won't go to war. I'll sign this. Six months later, he gets an answer back or something. Where you had to have somebody in these countries that could speak as the president, knowing what he would say and give an answer immediately. Yeah. The president could just pick up his, here you go. Nope. Okay, good. Done. Right. You know, now, so you have somebody go and cast a vote with security and do some diplomatic. I'm just not sure it's that important of a position anymore. 
I just, I think that she just has to be able to not get bamboozled or pushed around when it comes to when some of these people she's meeting with. Now, like Vitaly Cherkin is the uh, the Russian ambassador to the UN. Okay. Now he's been there for over a decade. He, I, it's either ten years or over ten years. Mm-hmm. So he knows every. He knows exactly the right buttons to push. He knows the people to talk to. He is very versed in doing what the Russians do, which is getting what they want by subversive means. But is that <laughs> is that right? But is that really the world stage for diplomacy like it used to be? No. I mean, everyone knows the Kennedy administration. Again, technology was not the same. You remember Stevenson? You know, when he the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, yeah. When he goes there, you'll give me an answer. Oh, whatever. Yeah. The world was watching. That was it playing out. But that was also the Cold War where you weren't going to have and drop off and Kennedy and these people going back and forth. That was kind of their, I just feel like that's not as significant. And Trump, not a big fan of the U.N. anyways. He's talked about, you know, defunding or taking some of the money away. We pay, what, 22% of all expenses? Oh, gosh. I don't know the figure. I think, it's tw- I think it's 22% on top of the land and security that comes with being in America. You bring up a good point <laughs> in all the things that are going through right now with, uh, the, the, with the, through the U.N. right now. So we've had a huge Iran deal that, I, that Trump is basically that he's going to back out of, or he's kind of hinted very strongly that he's going to. Now, you're, you're throwing somebody in that's going to ha- is going to be right at the center of those negotiations. Interesting. Um, also, uh, the, the Paris Climate Accord. Now, he, he has mentioned before that he was going to pull out of that, but didn't he just recently kind of say that he was backtracking a little bit? On yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Um, but this is, this is, I mean, but he's very much backtracking before he was saying the Chinese NATO, were responsible. The question for of NATO, our, our involvement <laughs> in NATO, which is so funny that we're debating NATO. I mean, I kind of knew what Trump was saying about this stuff. Um, but the people that are objecting to it are people who also told us the 1980s called, they want your foreign policy back. And I'm going, NATO, North Atlantic Trade Organization, Treaty Organization, Treaty. Yep. Um, that was clearly a Cold War, post-World War II, whatever, you know. And- okay, so, yeah, I, I love that you bring that up, too, because the entire purpose of NATO is, the purpose is... Article 5, right? I mean, it, that's it, it. And it doesn't exist anymore because it was to defeat the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore, so now they've been kind of like running around going, hey, should we partner on this? Should we partner on that? It's like the post office. What do we do? We don't know what our job is anymore. <laughs> right. We're obsolete, or right? FedEx and UPS are not yeah, taking exactly. that from us. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. right. But Trump has a, a, a gift, an absolute God-given gift to bring out an issue that we actually should be talking about, but he says it in a very stupid way. Yeah, it comes across as, like, maybe you're ignorant about it or something. Yeah, like, or maybe General Flynn is giving you a brief, which I think this is a lot of where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, look, this is the problems. Now, if you want to point this out, mention this, this, and this. But Trump just kind of goes in on the main talking point and forgets about all the background. Now, NATO is a ve- actually is a very – we have an issue. We, we provide way too much support to NATO. Um, the percentage we provide a, a, a grossly over amount. The money and military service. Money support. and military. But okay. that was, again, that's a 1950s way of looking at mm-hmm. it. Because then the reason we were putting in all those resources is because Europe was impoverished. They were destroyed. They, literally, we gave them all the money. We gave them all the military equipment. And we said, look, rebuild. We got this. We got this. We'll provide your security. We got a ton of nukes. We got a ton of uh, you know tanks and troops. We got this. You guys do your thing and Let's rebuild. Let's be friends. Stay away from right. the Russia. That type of thing. Okay. And then they rebuilt, and we've still maintained that posture. It's funny you say that about Trump because I think you're right about that. Um, I don't know if it's by design or by accident or whatever, but here's the one of the geniuses of Donald Trump. He will say those things and then go away, and he doesn't ever clean up any of the mess. And I don't mean that as an insult. 
I mean, he lobs the grenade. We all go crazy. Everybody, the left, the right, the media, other politicians or whatever, meltdown. And in the end, he just walks in and does whatever he wants. And I wonder if, I mean, we touched on this yesterday, but I wonder if that is the influence of, of men like Steve Bannon that have come in and say, look, now you've mentioned this and you made a huge, you know, you brought this issue up that everyone's on. Right. But I don't want you to, you know, uh, piss off this group of people because they're a large voting base. Absolutely. And you, <laughs> well, and I, that's what you're seeing with some of these things like uh, where he said, Hillary, we don't we don't want to divide the country, something like that along those lines. And um, I, I'm, I keep my mind open about the green agenda and climate change. You just said something like that. I think he's just kind of trying to pacify them a little bit. But so Nikki Haley uh, picked for U.N. ambassador. Odd position. Let's look at it from Nikki's perspective, first of all. You're a governor of South Carolina, and you go to be U.N. ambassador. That doesn't seem like a like a, a, a prestigious enough position, like high-profile enough. I mean, Secretary of State, you get a lot of coverage, right? Mm-hmm. You're an ambassador. You're kind of tucked away there. Yeah, it's true. Um, and this is a woman that um, has been very critical of Trump um, in the past. She's, right. she's not towed his line. She's been uh, come out against him. I'm not really sure why she's deciding to jump on this, because like you said, it, it doesn't really seem like it fits along her career path. I would think that, she's a, yeah. like I said, she's a rising star. You would think that she would wait for something bigger later. Although... Really, the only thing she had could, and I hadn't thought about it when I talked about this this morning, um, Senate is your next option. You know, if you're not going to run for governor again and you're waiting to run for president or something, it's Senate. And you could be there forever. And it's comparable to governor. Some ways a little better, some ways not. But who's she going to do? Unseat Lindsey Graham, who ha- is like a hydra now. He should have been gone <laughs> long ago. But you keep chopping off his head and four more pop up with, with his little people running South Carolina. And uh, um, Tim Scott. He's not going anywhere. Mm. I mean, trust me, the Republicans are going, black senator, we got to keep this guy, right? I mean, he's not that he's not doing a good job, but I'm saying this is what they want. She has no option there. So maybe she felt like this was her next gig. Yeah. And maybe she does covet like a, you know, a a, a a state State department gig maybe later on. Yeah. Maybe move up or change around or something like that. Yeah. I mean, but but even still, like that, that would be a good, you know, transition. It still seems kind of like it's below. Although she does. I mean. I guess if you don't have a lot of options, you're trying to further your career. She does get to say with her next job, whatever that is, look how much foreign policy experience I have because I was UN and with diplomacy. All right, Kayla Parker, your thoughts? Yes. What I was double checking (laughs) is whether or not the governor in South Carolina has a term limit because that's... Yeah, uh, does she? And that's what I'm looking up right now. But um, the Senate route doesn't make sense to me because more people have been elected from governorships than Senate. We've only elected two senators in the past 50 years. That's JFK and Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, we've elected far more governors. The, 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 the statement she put out was she felt, a need, uh, she felt the need to serve. But it's hard for me to believe anything politicians say anymore. Whenever they say serve, that's just yeah, I'm it's like, BS. That's their go-to line. No, everybody's in it to further their career. Maybe they're not, but... <clears throat> no, maybe, on some level they yeah. are, without question. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe this is a genuine move for her. She felt compelled to take the call, whatever. Blah, blah, maybe blah. that's in her... Uh, again, the ambassador of the UN is just such a quirky little um, position. I, I wonder, that's why the, it makes me wonder if she wanted Secretary of State. That's why I, I think State that's Department. what she wanted. But now, then, that's a good move. That is a very good move, but then yeah. they were like, uh, you're not quite ready for that. Let's do this. And so then maybe it might, it, might be a, it might be a foreign policy booster on her resume. I, that's what exactly. I think. That's what yeah. I, so let me ask you this then, Caleb, and, and you study this stuff quite a bit. Yeah. So if Trump's looking at her, and we heard rumors that she was going you know, to be considered for Secretary of State or whatever, the only reason you don't pick is she doesn't have the right experience. Trump needs credibility with some of this stuff because he doesn't have a past, right? Yeah. So you need experience. 
who does he pick with experience or would bring a great image and experience? Is it the Mitt Romney? I don't know. He does I mean, not real foreign policy experience, for State but Department? for Secretary of State, State, yeah. So but he has the image, right? He has that. Yeah. He's got the. He's got the temperament. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's well. The the one thing with Nikki Haley and Mitt Romney is they both oppose Mitt Romney more, a lot more than Nikki Haley did, like in very visceral terms. Told the, the country he was a con man and we shouldn't believe him. So I. I th- of course. Mitt Romney also told us Mitt Romney was against the green agenda and all this other stuff, and he yeah. clearly wasn't. So, back so to that. it's it's this weird dynamic where you're seeing you're seeing Trump bringing on um, well Nikki Haley. He is bringing on somebody who was uh, an opponent of his, possibly bringing on someone else, and now he's also looking at possible Democrats like Talisha Gabbard from Hawaii, and then the newest one is uh, Harold Ford Jr. from Tennessee. Former congressman, uh, Democrat, black, Democrat, uh, yeah. and was what was his big issue? I'm trying to remember. There was something. Was there a scandal or an alleged scandal? Mm. Harold Ford had something. I think it was an alleged scandal. Alleged scandal. He left something. Congress and went back to Merrill Lynch, where he's currently at. And you see him on MSNBC as an analyst on Morning Joe every once in a while. Okay. Yeah, I uh, think which, which goes to the theory people are putting out: Trump is only appointing people he's met or seen on TV. Which, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, uh, uh, another thing about Nikki Haley is she. I think she took. I don't think it's unprecedented, but she took a large amount of worldwide trips while she was governor. And one of her main focuses was drawing in or, or going in and, and doing deals, trade deals with other countries. For the, so, on behalf of so, South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Um, so she, I think she did like eight or nine total trips, and I think it was like seven or eight wow. deals that she actually pulled off. So, I mean, so she may have the skills, yeah. And it kind of shows you what Trump is looking for. Is, I mean, we all, we all know that the economy and you know, mm-hmm. trade are his biggest issues besides immigration. Mm-hmm. But I can see him looking for people that are like-minded like that. So he's seen her track record on that, and he wants to... To use maybe that's what he wants to use the UN as another vehicle to get some of these trade deals done. Aside from playing identity politics, where we got to hire certain people because they're a certain gender and whatever. Yeah. Aside from that, to see him even considering and then appointing people that were opposed to him or on the complete other side, other side of him. gives me a great deal of optimism. Because we know he's the narcissist and it's going to be his way or the highway or whatever. And there's something to be said for that. I get that. But what you're saying is. I'm willing to have these people in my administration for what reason? To look good? No. It's got to be like you said, because there's something in there that he says, we're like-minded and I've got this vision. That gives me a great deal of hope. Oh, it does to me too. And also, mm-hmm. with, the, with the power that we have now, we're, it's completely red. The government's completely red. We can do so many things. And if you oh, want, yeah. if like, remember when Obama came in, he was like, we're going to change everything. I'm going to upend everything. Right. Now, Trump has basically said the same thing. But now he's starting to see the same things, that Ob- the problems that Obama had. Was look, it, it doesn't really work that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you appoint certain people, Washington is a machine. It still runs a certain way. The, the, the person you appoint will have certain people underneath them, and they'll do everything in their power to railroad you, to like make it to where this is a failure or whatever, just to make you look bad. Right. Now, if he's, looking into, if he's not looking into the same barrel of monkeys, and he's just completely getting a different barrel, mm-hmm. then I think that, that's, that, that gives me optimism for the future as far as if, he can, if he's looking to do certain things and completely change certain aspects of the government, maybe he's looking in the right barrel. Yeah, and it's funny you said that. I remember seeing, I can't remember the exact statistic. Caleb, you might remember this too. The number of uh, states that are completely controlled by the Republicans. Um, I think it's, it's like in the high 20s or something. I think it's 33. 30? Yeah, they're really close to having 
complete control because you need that majority if you oh, want to pass amendments and stuff like this. It's 28. If they get 29, then, then they they're have, there. They're there. Which, by wow. the way, you can wheel and deal on one, too. I mean, that would get some like-minded people, even though you could build a coalition without having complete control yeah. if most of that work's done. And the only reason I bring that up is, I mean, we got some constitutional amendments that all we've needed is somebody to lead on. Because I can't lead on. No one's listening to me. And you can't get, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Bruce Springsteen or something. You got to have somebody connected with it. And Trump is the guy. He's charismatic. He's the president now. And he says and makes a pitch. Imagine this. You say, we need term limits, which he said he's going to work on. Let's go constitutional amendment. We need a balanced budget amendment. Man, this is our this is the opportunity to get that done. Yeah. He's already facing opposition from Mitch McConnell because Mitch McConnell said term limits are dead on arrival in the Senate. Yes, but here's the problem. Mitch is not that stupid. Yeah. Has, it, he cannot be. If he is, he will lose anyways. Because, Mitch, did you see what just happened in this election? <laughs> Your game's over. You're here. Uh, be, be lucky you're here. It's like this. Almost at Donald's will at this point, and the will of the people in the alt-right that put him there. Um, they're not going to tolerate this. Can you imagine if Donald makes the play and says, are you kidding me? A term limit that you all want that I've put out there with my Republican colleagues controlling the House and Senate, and Mitch McConnell is standing against it? Mitch, when you're up for re-election, you're done. Am I right, people? And he is toast. Well, remember, Reagan faced similar things. He said he tried to get the education department uh, defunded and um, regulated back to the states, and the Republican, his Republican colleagues shut him down in Congress. But here's the only problem with that, and you're right about that, but yeah. the only problem is he also had Tip O'Neill. He mm -hmm. had the, the the house was still run by Democrats that whole time. So Trump is going to have the same uh, the same advantage Obama had in his first two years. Yes, Republican House, Republican Senate. What but he, he also it? has a a different um, opinion out on the street and yeah. power. You know, everything's different now, and the control of those states. So in Reagan's situation. The Republicans got cover by going, well, whatever, and, you know, the Democrats were still out there. This, there's, there's no hiding from this. You're all the same party, and the people are demanding something. Man, Trump has even greater power than Obama had when he came in with mm -hmm. that. This is unprecedented. Yeah, and I just don't, I don't have any faith, really, that... I, I hate to say this, and it sounds kind of depressing, but I just don't think too much will change. Maybe it won't, but you know what? And the people, this is your opportunity. I'm telling you, this is your opportunity to get it done. If it doesn't, then hold Trump accountable. You know? Yeah. I don't. You know, I don't really know. I don't really know if I want. I don't. This situation is going to come up in the future, and with someone that we don't necessarily like. Right. There'll, there'll be another Obama that we're like, no, you know, we're freaking out. Who's going to? And they'll have the same level of setup and power. Same yeah, setup. Right. Yeah. So they'll be completely blue or whatever. Right. And um, I think that we'll be comforted in the fact. We'll have this little comfort to know, like, look, our government was set up a certain way. Mm -hmm. It was set up a certain way to where if someone wanted to come in and make sweeping changes to the country, hey, they can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's set up in a certain way to where it's going gonna, it's gonna to run inefficiently. I remember Obama said not so long ago, he's like, yeah, you know, I really want to, you know, we're going to push forward progress so that the government runs more proficiently. I'm like, no, I don't want that. Gridlock. Gridlock yeah, works. I, gridlock I want is good. Gridlock. Exactly. Well, it, even with two years, Obama... Barely got Obamacare passed mm -hmm. those first two years with the House and the Senate. Because, like you said, the system is set up. But you also to make look at the topic, though, hard. too, though. Um, let's say term limits. And there's a lot of conservatives that have yeah. been opposed to it, but I think they're all going to go lock, stock, and barrel with Trump if Trump wants it. But it's hard to get that level of opposition um, from members of the Congress without them exposing themselves that they're just trying to keep their jobs. 
Yeah. They've got to come up with a great marketing term to, to sidestep it. I don't think they're uh, another uh, pick by Donald Trump, which we'll get to coming up next. It's the uh, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. We'll tell you about that coming up next on the Patent Stew program. Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Doc Thompson, Jason Buttrell, and Caleb Parker. If you'd like to join us on the Twitter, it's at Doc Thompson Show, at Jason Buttrell, and at... What's your Twitter? Oh, my Twitter... I don't really do Twitter. <laughs> What's your grinder? Go. <laughs> That's private. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get the tweets in if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions. Uh, we've got Michael Sadik out there saying, if Mitch won't do the term limits thing, Trump should push for Article 5 Convention of States to bypass. You know what? That's interesting because that's still out there. A lot of the groundwork on the Article of States has been done. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah. it's it's out there and they're just waiting for the right opportunity, right push. That could be it. Texas Governor Abbott's been uh, pushing that. Lately, yeah. Actually. And you could you could get some serious stuff done there. That would that's a lot of little interesting pieces out there, mm-hmm. um, yeah. especially if they win one more state legislature, like you were saying earlier, then they Republicans yeah. control enough states to. Here's the other thing about that. Let's remember, there's two ways to get constitutional amendments passed, right? There's the people can suggest it, right? The states can just start doing it themselves, put it out there, and then at some point you get enough and so on and so forth. Or Congress can start it. And the last couple of times one has happened, Congress initiates it after the people have started doing it. Oh, no, no, we'll do this. We'll like this. And then they try to get credit. But a lot of these have been open-ended where it's out there. It's passed by X number of states. And it just stays until another couple of states ratify it. It could, you could put it on the books, get it out there, and 99% of the work is done. And, oh, finally, five years later, another state ends up signing, ratifies, and here we go. So that could happen. They could do the bulk of it now, even. Has that yeah. ever been done before? Has anybody Yes. Ever? In fact, there was a constitutional amendment, one of the more recent ones. It might have been the last one or last couple that had to do with congressional pay or something that was actually originally suggested and started like a hundred years ago. And it finally, <laughs> finally someone was like, Hey, this is still out there. It only needs another couple states. Whoop. Done. Wow. Uh, most of them now they will close end it though. If I'm kind of yeah. sunset it, but most, most amendments now have like, um, a, a deadline time frame, by, a deadline. Yeah. Like 10 years from now, if nobody's, if we haven't got enough states, it's void. 
yeah. start all over. But pretty interesting. And I don't know yeah. why they do that now. Maybe it's be, maybe that's in order to get people on board. Well, we'll see what people think and we'll deadline yeah. or something. All right. So another uh, appointment by Donald Trump to the Department of Housing and Human uh, Housing and Urban Development. Ben Carson, the great real estate land mogul, <laughs> Ben Carson for housing. He's built many a house Wait, and uh, like he's developed sure? urban communities. I don't get that. Is that a for sure thing? They, 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 uh, from what we've heard, I've heard that he was appointed, offered it. Ben has not confirmed. But, yeah, not Surgeon General, well, not a Is, that, is, that, is that official? He didn't confirm, or is he just going back to get some clothes or something no. like that? Are we sure? <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. I'll let we you should know. double check his packing first before we actually make a concrete on the air. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I had in front of me, but there was that one quote that Carson's spokesman gave about being offered the surgeon, uh, not the Surgeon General, the... Uh, he- health and Human Services? Health and Human Services. Yeah. And he's See, like, that makes sense. Right. And he goes, well, Dr. Carson really has no government experience, and he's not sure he could take on this role. I was like, wait a second, you're running for president? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? And, and so the, and I can oversee elect. that and a dozen other departments, yeah, but not, not that, just that, that one. one. And the president-elect doesn't even have government experience. <laughs> right, so exactly, right. right. <laughs> like, Jeez, like wow. I, I got to find the quote once this Wi-Fi gets back up. But the, I read it, I was like, what? This is <laughs> hilarious. I didn't even catch it, Caleb. You're right. That is brilliant. Not sure he wants to do that whatever. Okay, so if funny. this is true, this I find laughable because this is not his area of expertise. I mean, the guy does know something about the medical industry. I mean, he's, he's been yeah. a tremendous track record with this stuff. Housing and urban development. And I was talking about this this morning on the air. So let's break that down. Housing. Does he have a great deal of home building, realtor? No. 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 Development. Mm. Urban? You picked him because he's the black guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look at the housing. HUD was made a cabinet-level position, I think, in 1965 after the Civil Rights Amendment, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it, it built on the Federal Fair Housing Act, I think, of 1934, so here you have it, a cabinet level position, and since then it's been linked to civil rights. You know, not, if you're living out in a rural community out in the middle of Texas, scrub brush or something like that, you don't hear a lot about HUD. They're not coming and developing your area. They're not talking about fair housing as much there. This is almost always centered in urban centers. Right. That, see, that's that's interesting. But what I think is actually going on here, you guys watch Designated Survivor. With yeah. a little bit, a little bit. This is what this is a lot much larger conspiracy that we have to look at because interesting because Kiefer Sutherland's character becomes president after being named HUD head, and so I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe <laughs> some, maybe somebody's setting something up for a Carson for president right, right. run later right. as the designated survivor. I see you're saying just interesting. Throwing that out there. Interesting. Well, the president <laughs> did fire him right before the State of the Union. So. Well, mm. come on. Twist. Yeah, <laughs> see? Um, yeah, this, uh, this is such an odd pick to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I- again, if, if you th- said to yourself, well, maybe he's a great manager and he can do stuff or whatever and be a great leader. According to himself, he's not a great he's manager. Not. <laughs> right, exactly. So I'm like, okay. So this is yet to be confirmed. At least we've heard that he was offered the position. So there's still a lot to be filled, all of the major senior ones to be filled. Yeah. So we have. Um, Chief of Staff, which is a pretty big one, Reince Priebus, who, by the way, is spending Thanksgiving at Mar-a-Lago. Ah. He's going to be down in Florida eating the, the that, that's Thanksgiving another, dinner. That's uh, dichotomy, Reince Priebus <clears throat> versus Steve Bannon. Uh, Do you versus- think that's a, a butting head situation, potentially? 
Potentially, we're going to see that play out over the first hundred days. I mean, so. you know, it's very reminiscent to uh, Manafort Lewandowski. I mean, it seemed like they were specifically put there to clash with each other. I don't know what kind of leadership style that is and what Trump was doing there, but this very it actually rings. that that is a leadership style that I've heard of where you want people at each other. I don't know what benefit it is or what, but I've heard of, of similar things like Just that. Just dissenting where you, voices? Yeah, like, yeah, but you want them fighting amongst themselves. Um, I, to me, that's stressful, but maybe that's what he likes or maybe he sees something else. But Reince is really interesting. If you ta- when, as soon as they announced this, I was, I was laughing my butt off because he was not a, in favor of Trump. He stood against him, and then all of a sudden, do you remember the change? Where he's like, we will support the nominee, and if it's Trump, and let this play out. It all get kind of weird, and I was like, we even speculated. Are they getting afraid? Did he get to him or whatever? And then one of the first ones you announce is this guy is your chief of staff? Look, a powerful position. Look at the the arc here for Reince, because, I mean, I remember when we were doing the election night coverage. Everyone was saying, oh my gosh, Reince is going to be crucified. No. I mean, crucified. Like, <laughs> hey, this is going to be the most epic fail of any RNC head ever. And then all of a sudden he goes from, you know, how's he going to resign? He's already written his letter of resignation to to, the star of the Republican Party. I mean, just overnight. We were talking about it the day before the election. We're like, this is this is an election Republicans shouldn't lose. It's Hillary Clinton. She's so unliked. They they shouldn't lose this. And he's about to oversee the Republicans second loss in a row under his leadership. Yeah. And so he was on the verge of political death next day political hero he without question in my opinion there's no doubt that he made a deal and he made a deal a long time ago and that's the reason look at all the little uh, things he did the way he was steering the election then towards the end he saw it and he i'm gonna i'm gonna ride the winner i mean that's what so many of them did well i don't know if they saw it because the trump campaign had them losing the election too their internal numbers still had them losing they were just as surprised as the rest of us. Did, did Reince, was Reince just worried about his future then if he kept opposing Trump, that he was trying to save his future job as that and made the deal or I guess. played nice? I, I, I'm, th- I'm thinking you're more correct. He was like, on the off chance we pull this off, I want to be in a position of power. Mm. If not, I'll figure it out afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah, the Reince previous one's interesting. Um, uh, what else do we have? We had uh, some of the lower ones. Uh, uh, obviously, advisor Bannon, which is important as Mattis well. Mattis is getting closer, man. I see a lot of stuff on him online now. Yeah. They're doing, a- ABC did like three exposés I saw online. Yeah. Uh, top ten quotes by him. Uh, his bio was a whole story they did. They must, they must really think he's the one. Oh, oh, I am so on board with this. When, when I saw it, when I, and I read about him, you knew more about him than I do. Um, I was like, I could absolutely see this being Trump's guy. Yeah, he is not a diplomat by any means. So that, that's what I mean. He, so he's a Trump guy, right? I mean, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, well, the interesting thing was that he. They said that after what, just like an hour of talking to Trump, what was this yesterday or Saturday? Saturday uh, yeah. Okay, so I think it was on Saturday. So. Just after an hour of talking to him, he was able to have Trump completely change his mind about the torture waterboarding thing. Which, Interesting. Which surprised me, because I was surprised that, that General Mattis would, would not support enhanced interrogation techniques. Which it's, but it's possible that he just didn't, because uh, the New York Times didn't expand on that. It might be just specifically the tactic of waterboarding, not enhanced interrogation. There could be other whole. ones he does, but yeah. Okay. But waterboarding is in a hierarchy of enhanced interrogation mm-hmm. techniques. It's like everyone thinks of enhanced interrogation techniques, and that's kind of what I did in the military. Mm-hmm. But ever, so 
Naturally, Jason, I'm torture. kind of biased people? on this. No, people? it's not torture. I, I, I guarantee you, there are he places that torture, torture captives. Mm -hmm. We are not one of them. Right. But and just, just for a really quick down and dirty, enhanced interrogation techniques build off of fears. It's a very, it's a very um, the uh, fear psychological of thing. Right. It's exactly. not actually drowning, but the, the fear, the sensation of Exactly. But it's, it starts at the very small. Some people are, are afraid of an authority figure. Some people are afraid of, of wild animals. Some people are afraid of loud noises and flashy lights. Some people are afraid of being claustrophobic or whatever. But what we found out is that everyone is scared to drown. Everyone is. So that's the reason. It's so, yeah, if you tr go all the way through that level, that means that you're one of those, like, very hardcore people, very idealistic, and you are not breaking. The waterboarding thing gives you a sensation of drowning. It's not going to kill you. It's mm. not going to disfigure you or anything. It's just literally, it's, it's the most, this sounds bad, but it's the most humane way of that final level okay. of in interrogation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. If he talked with Trump and then turned Trump's mind on that and that's short, uh, Everyone says Trump is malleable, and he, on some level, has been a decent manager, right? So, yeah, that gives me a little bit of hope, right? Yeah. Well, and so just to recap, out of the top four positions, uh, state, defense, treasury, and attorney general, we only have one name officially. Um, uh, AG, uh, AG Sessions. Uh, uh, Sessions. Sessions, yeah. So we still have three other big, oh, we, big we names. National Security Advisor, General Flynn. Yeah. Oh, Flynn, that's He's right, yeah. As well. Yeah, but those and are the top four. And then CIA player. Director. Uh, That's Pompeo. Right. Yeah. But out so of the top of four, ones, we, yeah. you're still waiting on three big ones. Jeff Sessions, interesting pick um, as well. I think he'll do a great job. Do you know he was uh, denied his federal judgeship, which is interesting when you look in his past, based on things that they said he... I mean, he's from a different era in Alabama. Okay, you know, you're going to get some, some things like that. It's not necessarily a bad guy. I had dinner with Jeff Sessions uh, prior to the last election hmm. when Dave Bratt got elected. I went into Virginia to help Dave Bratt out, and they held an event. And Jeff Sessions came in, and for some reason, he backed Dave Bratt real early. Like, they have no real connection, and he heard that he was a rising star and put his arm around him and came out and helped him campaign. And afterwards, we, we sat down and had dinner, and he was, he was very candid. You know, this is one of the cool things about doing what we do. We often get to see politicians candidly, where... You know, on stage, they would never say certain things and whatever. And off stage, you're out there going, ah, F that. That guy's a <laughs> jackass, whatever, right? You get to hear some of that. So you get a better sense of if they're telling you the truth even later on with the way they say stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, but Jeff seems like a, a, a pretty solid guy. I, yeah, I liked him. I, the only time I was, I was disappointed when uh, Ted Cruz was doing really well. And I kind of thought that Sessions was going to endorse Ted Cruz. I just, I, I was like, book it. You know, it's in the books. He's going to do it. It makes sense. They're very similar. Yeah. But, but then he endorsed Donald Trump when he didn't have to at the time. So I was like, well, I, didn't, I didn't understand that. I, unless he knew something or had it, you know, had his pick or whatever. Well, I, I mean, if, you're, yeah. if he picked Dave Brad early on, maybe he just has to He's the kingmaker. That's what I mean. I'm going to go get my lottery picks from him, right? <laughs> Jeff Sessions, lotterypicks.com. Quick break. Back with more. This is the Pat and Stew program. Doc, Jason, and Caleb in for Pat, Stu, and Jeffy today. Thanks so much for joining us. One of my favorite pieces of video the last couple of days, and you can see it at theblaze.com if you want to go there and watch it, is uh, Brooke Baldwin of CNN. She's interviewing a guy 
And he's talking about Trump. Uh, was it Trump or something? Somebody else in his administration? Bannon. Was it Bannon? Bannon. Yeah. Bannon was saying, uh, and quotes that he'd given that are really troubling and offensive. And so he's running him down, and he's trying to make a point. He's trying to kind of be sensational, throw these all out there. Well, at one point, he shares that Bannon had dropped the N-word, and he just lets it fly. Now, as you watch this... <laughs> Watch the faces of Brooke Baldwin and the other guy as he drops the N-bomb. And then, you know, if you don't want to support the alt-right, don't choose as a White House counselor, uh, counselor a man who uses the word <laughs> whose wife says that he did not want his uh, daughters to go to a school with too many Jews. And don't choose as an attorney general a man who calls the NAACP an un-American organization and who we learned in The Guardian today went so far as to prosecute Charles, two can of the I just people. Hang on a second. I appreciate you going through all of this, but please don't use the N-word on my show. I'm sorry. Well, I, I never use the N-word except when I'm quoting someone who's been appointed by the president to serve in the Oval Office since this is such a disgusting moment in our history. Okay, listen. I hate, I'm not trying to offend people. I don't say certain things like that because I'm not trying not to be a jerk. But the politically correct nature of all of these people who are so sensitive, it makes me laugh when they're so offended. Do you think if Brooke Baldwin was out having a sandwich or a beer with somebody and they dropped this, that she would be that offended? I mean, she may not like it, but is she going to go, whoa, 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 stop chewing. Don't say that word around me. No, it's not happening. I would like to propose we go to the slow-mo version. Okay, slow-mo. Watch their faces. Watch the delay. One, two. All right, here we go. And you can, we may see that one more time. You can see that she hears the, the guest first. This is the way it works. And then there's a delay because the other guest, it has to be sent down for him to hear it. So you can see her go and then him when they hear it. Watch, ready for you. <laughs> then his face, the, the guy on the left, his face is like this the whole time. Well, okay. So that's how it's going to be here. Okay. And hers is one of, I'm going to have to jump in here and just uh, challenge him on this. This is, no, no, you can't say that. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want, again, I don't want to offend anybody on this either. Right. But I, I have a severe problem with just, we have to, I, I understand the, how offensive that word is. Sure. But I can't, I just, that we have, that he can't, I mean, I don't, whoever, who was that guy that was talking? I don't, I don't, I don't even know. know. I've seen him before and I can't remember who he is. He's, um, he's, he's definitely somebody on the left. I just can't remember where he's from. His name Charles is Charles Kaser. Charles okay. Kaser, okay. So I, I have a problem with it. Charles is just quoting something that Bannon said. Absolutely now, should be legal. Yeah, he's not. Should, or allowed. People, these are words. These are words. He's not, he didn't call anybody that word. So I don't understand why it's so taboo. You know, it's just a word. I don't understand. If, if he's not directing at somebody, he's just talking about the issue. Why can't you say that? If, especially in today's world where it's a quote, people. I mean, do you want to know, or are we going to play fifth grade here and be like, what's the word like this, right? Just say it. I'm, I don't believe this. I, I don't say it except here is the quote from somebody else. Yeah. I, <laughs> in fact, the reason he brought it up is because it is offensive, right? I mean, that's the, that's the gag here. Um, have you ever heard Louis C.K.'s take on that? No. I'm going to paraphrase here. But he's like, what are you talking about? When you say the N-word, you're still saying the N-word. What you're saying is you're not going to say the N-word, but you're putting the actual N-word in my head. Oh, yeah. Because I go, N-word, oh, 
And there it is. So you don't have the guts to say it, but you're going to go ahead and plant it in my head, right? That's exactly right. It's like my, my kids come up with clever words to say, like especially my daughter who's now in high school. Mm-hmm. She's got all these words that ins- instead of saying, like, I don't know, like the S word or whatever, she'll come up with something else that sounds very similar. But I know what you're doing, you know? I was a kid, too. Right, right. It's the same thing, girl. Right. You know? It's, so he's exactly right. Bless your heart. Same thing. We know what you're really saying, right? Right. right that's the whole is that, thing. Is that how you talk to your daughter? And like, same thing, girl. <laughs> I'm a hip guy. You know what I mean? She doesn't think so, but no, I try I'm to I'm glad be. you said that, Jason, about it's not only the N-word. Um, I, I see all over in news, news headlines. Now, it's not ABC news headlines. It's more like blog and Internet stuff. But it's up and coming ones and, and legitimate ones, not gag ones or like something you've never heard of. And there's all of these stories written where they just curse in them. You know, if you like that, then you're an effing moron, but they just spell it out or drop the S-bomb. That this is becoming more standard, whether it's idiocracy, dumbing it down, whatever. It's more standard, yet we're still not saying the N-word even when quoting somebody else. Right. I mean, I... I, I the, the way the way people get offended nowadays actually offends me. I mean, it, it, it's, it's ironic to say it, but I mean, literally, if, this is America for crying out loud. I mean, this it's kind of we're supposed to be offensive. If I want to be offensive, I can be offensive to you. Now, why is should that be illegal? I mean, do they even have like an FCC regulation for not saying the N word. Because um, I know they have like no, words no. In fact, here's words. here's how it was written. The FCC was always kind of clever in the way they did this. The seven dirty words they used to have. Um, they also included community standards as a guide. So they said these are the words you can't say, definitely. But there's also something as community standards. And what that meant is as long as the community is cool with it, we're cool with it. But if they're not, they're not. So in other words, if anybody objected, then there's an issue. Right. Of course, clearly people are going to object. Now, and that's broad. Is, is CNN broadcast or cable? But do they have any broadcast outlets? I don't know. Well, I don't know. But it, <clears> don't it, look, so. In a free democracy, in a free society, this is, this is how it's supposed to work. You can say whatever the heck you want to say. Now, they, I, that's why I hate organizations like the FCC. Like, this is the way the free market works. If you don't like to watch me say those words, don't watch it. Don't watch it. You watch the network that's very PC. That's for you. There's a safe space and a network building somewhere for you. In fact, that's more control. Right. Because you, the individual, can say, I want it or I don't want it, and there you go. Turn it off or not. And furthermore, if, if you're offended, there's only one way you will never be offended. Not be offended. Right. Because you will never find a perfect world where everybody around you knows what your triggers are. But apparently Brooke Baldwin thinks a little bit differently than we do because she <laughs> had some, some harsh words. We're done. I appreciate both well, your voices. You. I am still, the more I've sat here and listened to the fact that somebody used the N-word on this show, it is not okay. It is not okay, Charles Kaiser. I respect you. I enjoy having you on as a guest, but... Uh, she tearing up. Not okay. By the way, uh, the claim uh, that, that, that Mr. Bannon used the N-word, I've never heard of this. So there's that. Take a break. <laughs> she was tearing up for crying out loud. Somebody get Brooke a kitten. Somebody get Brooke a kitten and maybe a puppy. That's so ridiculous. Why? Okay, even if you are rabidly bothered by the fact that someone would use it, this is your response? Just say, dude, don't use it and move on. She was tearing up for crying out loud. Mind you, this is a woman who sits and reports the news every day, and this is what bothers you. Yeah. You do stories about kids being raped, soldiers coming home maimed. I mean, all of the horrible crap going on in the world. And she's like, all right, we'll go to Pete now, and he'll talk about the soldier coming home maimed and people not giving him blood. 
she's fine with it, but somebody used the N-word. Two seconds. Very good point. Yeah, there, I mean, literally, I mean, the, the news that we have coming out today, like, oh, my gosh, like, there was the uh, cop in San Antonio. That, that was shot, killed. yeah. I mean, but... Sunday so, night. What, what, what is the deal with... I, mean, I think there's been 60, now, this year, 60 fatalities from officers. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, died in the line of duty, but not accidents, whatever. People targeted, right? Because right. a lot of officers die with, in other ways on the line of duty. Right, right, right. And then there was another one. What was it in Detroit just recently? There were that four just- Sunday night. Uh, one of them was fatally. Um, and then, uh, but a couple of them were ambushed. They were, they were targets. Yeah. The one in San Antonio, I think, specifically was he was literally just like he, he had stopped somebody else. He was on the curb. And he was sitting in his patrol car, just, I guess, filling out his paperwork or whatever. This guy Shot come, him in the head. Yeah, pulls up behind him and said, and he even said, I think because he apologized to the, uh, to the family, but he was like, look, I had an issue with like, some, uh, some issues with my, with my uh, child custody case. I figured I decided to lash out on somebody irrationally. <laughs> okay. Well, good deal. That's uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, let's take a quick break. Don't forget to tweet at Doc Thompson Show, at Jason Buttrell, and Caleb, you'll just have to find his Grinder account somehow. <laughs> I think we need, like, a uh, too-hot-for-television version of the show with, <laughs> yes. like, the behind-the-scenes. And we sell it on DVD. Yeah, yeah. We do that too-hot for the Pat and Stu program. Too-hot for Glenn Beck. <laughs> and I mean, that, is so, that might be our side money. I totally agree. We start filming Glenn, Pat, Stu, Jeffy, and everybody around here. We put out the video. <laughs> a little side money. What happens behind <clears throat> the scenes? Yeah, exactly. And then what are they going to do? Fire us? If we made a bunch of money, we'll just cut them in on the action. Yeah, come on. Right? That's what it is. Glenn, sign this disclosure. Right? Just go ahead and sign this. Right whatever. here. And we just treat him like it's the Radar O'Reilly, like I said, right? Right, You just right. go, sign here, Glenn. No, no, don't read. Don't just, read just sign it. Trust me. He trusts you. We'll just sneak it into his notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he trusts you. He'd sign something for you, wouldn't he? If yeah. he just said sign something, Glenn, he'd sign it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. He may ask. You just need like a casual thing, right? Yeah. Oh, this is just a form for that thing we're sending away for, right? Yeah. You said that he'd, he'd do it. <laughs> he'd do it. Yeah. See, <laughs> yeah, you know he would. I can see the wheels turning. He would on that stuff. All right, where are you guys heading out uh, for Thanksgiving? You at home with the family, wife's family? Uh... Yeah, we, uh, we're going to stay home. My family comes to our house, so it's like crazy. I tell you what, like, Thanksgiving at my house is the most lazy day of my existence. <laughs> I know, it's awesome. That's why I love it, yeah. Yeah, Christmas kind of is, is, is kind of a bear because you're always putting stuff together or doing stuff like that as a dad, you know what I mean? But like Thanksgiving, I watch the game, Cowboy game, at what, 3, 3.30? That's uh, all I do. Yeah. Get up and eat. We got some good Thanksgiving coverage coming up, including uh, some pretty funny stuff that people have done for Thanksgiving coverage.
that's a long story. <laughs> okay, <So>. hold it. <clears throat> Hailed it. So casually talking off the air, I say to Jason, I go, I got to get out of here as soon as the show's over. I got to get up to the ranch. Glenn invited me to his house. And he goes, oh, cool. And I was like, he invited me to his house. And he goes, well, he does that sometimes. And Caleb busts out a story. Were you there? Is that what happened? <laughs> no. So Okay, the, what happened? So one year, uh, Glenn went up to his ranch for a uh, Christmas vacation. Uh, and um, he decided to play Santa for some, like, town hall, town thingy there. And so... <laughs> <laughs> right there. Do patents do know this? Uh, I don't know. Somebody's got to tell them this. Glenn Beck being Santa. I mean, you could just shine a red light on him and he's Santa at that point. I mean, right? If he doesn't shame for a day, he's Santa. So I, I get an email and I'm on I'm on vacation too, and they're like, I need you to run back to the studio, pick up the Santa suit, and mail it to his ranch. <laughs> <laughs> so I rush back to the studio, get the Santa suit, pack it up, FedEx it up there. And we never got it back. You know, r- r- that's another thing that should go on our exclusive DVD, the right. random weird requests that we've had. Oh, yeah, know? yeah. Right. That's hilarious, though. Yeah. That's so awesome. So uh, that Santa suit is probably somewhere on the ranch right now. Wow, that is really, really funny. There's so many jokes there. you see there. it, Glenn? Please bring it back. Yeah, bring the Santa suit back. Okay. Thanksgiving, obviously, uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, um, you're going to have a good Thanksgiving. You'll take a moment to realize all the things you are, to, or all the things you have to be thankful for. I, I've said a couple times on the air that I'm at that place where I didn't realize what an awful year it's been for me. That I was like, man, this is going to be kind of a struggle to actually be in the right frame of mind. How sad is that? And I'm somebody that usually is pretty thankful about stuff, but it's I've been beat up, man. Yeah. No, it's been a hard year, I think, in general. I mean, there's just a whole lot, of, and just globally. and, and Aside from the election, am I right? Yeah, yeah, just tons of things have been going on. You know, I, I've been lucky to be able to travel through the military, and I've been in a lot of places that no matter how, I mean, every time I think about how hard I have it now, I think about, you know, just, I've been to Afghanistan, Iraq, places like that where literally life is just horrible. You think about some of the people that are not as fortunate as we, as we are, and it really puts things into perspective. So you're, you're but, pissed off about something, and you're like, oh, I remember okay. that time, that guy. I'm okay. I'm pretty good, right? I is could that be it? in Afghanistan right now. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, Caleb. So uh, people, of course, doing their Thanksgiving coverage and yes. uh, different <clears throat> celebrities and talk show hosts and whatever trying to do some fun stuff for the holidays. And there's always limited stuff you can do, but apparently some have come up with some pretty funny things. Yes. Yeah, so Ellen decided to tackle the whole... Ellen? Like yes. Ellen DeGeneres? Ellen DeGeneres decided to tackle what happens when your family has diverse political views all at the same table and she <laughs> she decided we needed a thanksgiving moderator oh that's a hell of an idea so. let's listen and watch this could be instead of coming together your family gathering is sure to explode into a bitter shouting match that ruins the season for everyone luckily mobile moderator is here <laughs> to help Using your phone, you can order a professional moderator to manage your meal. (laughs) Choose from seasoned pros like Anderson Cooper, Megyn Kelly, and Wolf Blitzer. Of course he should build the wall. They're coming across by the millions. It's nowhere near a million. Hillary should be in prison. She won the popular vote. Nobody else would get away from doing what he did. Mr. Douglas, Uncle Lou, if we could just please get back to the original question. Could someone please pass the salt? (laughs) Your moderator will restore civility to the conversation. This broccoli casserole is so good. I think it's actually wrong. Lucas, don't interrupt your sister. It's better than the sweet potatoes that you helped to make last. Leslie is speaking. 
and he'll make sure everyone gets an equal opportunity to talk. My feet were so sore. They were swollen and red. You should have seen them. They looked like beets. All right, you have five seconds. I thought it was because my purse was so heavy when All I right, walked. Pearl, she that's enough. She that's enough, Ann Pearl. That I wasn't getting enough art support. You're out of time. So, Ann Pearl, you're out of time. Oh my gosh, so that's great. brilliant! That's hilarious. I gotta get first of all, the writing of that was really good, and yes. Wolf was awesome. Yes, he was really funny in that. He's a five seconds. Sorry, Aunt Pearl, five, four. You know, can, can I take this opportunity? Yeah, that was hilarious. Can I take this opportunity to complain about something that annoyed sure. me during this? Please, election? please do. All right. So, why is the media so involved with moderation and, and debates? I mean, where does that come from? Where does that is? Is there like did someone put that as a standard, or do they just actually? I think I know what it is. I, Caleb, do you know? I think Doc said he just No, I think I have him. an idea. I think it is because it is. It started somewhere, you know, maybe back when television debates first started, and people just said, okay, we need a moderator, and it just, that's became the standard procedure. Now, the, 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 the facts and figures come out now that say that historically we're at an all-time high for distrust of the media. Right. And we know, it's no secret that media outlets have their, you know, their, their sides. They choose sides, and they push a narrative. Mm -hmm. Now, why do you have a moderator to do a fair and balanced debate? It doesn't make any sense. It's obviously, remember when Anderson Cooper was, his whole goal was to get Donald Trump to go on the record and say that he had never uh, said something or actually harassed like a, a, a woman before. Mm -hmm. And instantly what happened? Well, like three days later, the actual, the, the video of the, you know, grabber by the you know what came right, out. Right, right. Well, the grabber came before the debate. And then Anderson Cooper was pushing him during the debate to go on the record. You've never actually That's done that. That's what it was, correct? yeah. Yeah, exactly, right. And then all the, uh, the women started coming out. That's saying, right, and that the plane and all that stuff. Yep. So you could tell he was setting him up. He knew, he had inside information, he was setting him up to fail for right afterwards. Right. Now, I, we, Caleb, you and I have spoken about this. I don't know why. Well, they... even Megyn Kelly for the other side. She's clearly biased. Right. Right. So right, you're right. right. Any of them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, on both sides. But I don't know why we haven't uh, now. I mean, I don't know why there's not like a, I don't know, like a moderation circuit. You know what I mean? Where they have mm -hmm. like, you know, it's mm -hmm. professional. Like there's an actual administration or something that does this. Like mm -hmm. a company, even maybe a private owned company or something that maybe moderates for like all the debate. Like you could do it technically speaking, too, with some with some technology where you say <laughs> when you're not on, we're muting your mic. Yeah. You've got a minute. When it's done, zoop, you get cut off mid-sentence. We're not even letting you finish. You could do that. I, I, actually, I would prefer <laughs> that than some of the... Was it Raditz that, that did the one that really irritated me the most? She was horrible. She, she at was one bad. point, she was like, I'm sorry, uh, Trump, there's been tons of fact-checking on that. Basically, shut up. Right. I was like, what? When they what? start... See, it's, it's bad enough when they steer things like this. And I'm okay with them challenging them, as long as you challenge all of them. But they would only challenge certain ones. It's like, that's not true. <clears throat> What about all the other ones that weren't true or whatever? Are you just not informed on that one? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually not even okay of them challenging on them. I, I, if, if they feel the urge to, to challenge, I, I'm, I'm all about them just kicking it back to say, okay, uh, I like, Hillary, I like, what do you have to say about that? Like because the... that is not your job. Their job is not to challenge. Their job is to... The, the, the other candidate's job, that's their, it's their job to catch that. That's a debate. I and, honestly think we've just gotten to it, and people expect that that's who does the moderating job. It's <laughs> like a buddy of mine in television, uh, radio said to me years ago. He goes... Why every year around Thanksgiving, and it was actually around Thanksgiving, he goes, why around Thanksgiving every year do we talk about what the price of a Thanksgiving meal is? <laughs> no one cares about that. No one's even worried about this. He goes, you want to know why we do it? Because we just do it. It became the standard thing. Oh, there's not a lot going on. Oh, the price of a meal, which is down 24 cents this year. Um, you just put it out there. That's, you do it because that's what we do.
By the way, he's got some breaking news. Donald Trump has picked somebody else for his cabinet. Wow. Secretary of Education is, his pick is, let me make sure I get it right here, um, a charter school advocate, Betsy DeVos. Interesting. Are you familiar with her, Betsy DeVos? No. On Twitter, it's at B-E-T-S-Y-D-E-V-O-S. Uh, all I know is that she's a charter school advocate. I don't know what her background is. Does she have any government? Is she? But if she's been an advocate for <laughs> charter schools, I'm liking that pick. And that's and that's kind of surprising. I mean, you can. There's certain parts of the country you can go to if if you are involved with charter schools or if you're homeschooled or whatever. They basically look at you like you're from another planet or you're breaking the law or involved in some kind of cult or something. Yeah. Like no. That. Yeah. You're, you're out in the woods teaching your kids to hate minorities, right? I mean, that's right. that's exactly that's how they look at it. And it's pretty shocking because in today's world with technology. We have the ability to do so much with education, mm-hmm. but it's all limited because of the teacher unions. Yeah. Did you have more? You looked like you mm. knew more about Betsy DeVos. <clears throat> nope. Still looking. Okay, very good. We'll get more information as it becomes <laughs> available. All right, some more fun stuff for uh, the holiday uh, from talk shows. What do we got? A Jimmy Kimmel one? Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. <laughs> the Jimmy, the, Sorry, our, our, our esteemed director was in my ear distracting me. <laughs> okay, so what do we have? Tell me uh, about Jimmy we have, Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel did a segment mocking political correctness uh, in a late night Thanksgiving pageant form. Oh, okay, let's watch. Let us begin! <laughs> I am cold and hungry. Me too. But let's not dismiss the experiences of all those who are not cold and hungry. <laughs> Life partner, look, we have visitors. Life yes, partner. I see. Greetings, indigenous people. Greetings, non-indigenous people. <laughs> or should we say, how? Please don't. It's cultural appropriation. <laughs> Your baby is very cute. Is it a squaw or a brave? We're not using gender labels yet. We'll let it decide for itself how it's identified. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for raising awareness. Wow. <clears throat> you know, I that was funny, but... That's, that's probably pretty true. A yeah. little depressingly right, true. Right, it was. I was like, wow, this is funny, but we're halfway there, and maybe another couple of years, we're he, pretty much there. That entire, he, that was a long skit. That was yeah. like three minutes, three to five minutes, something yeah. like that. It was very long, so no, there was a lot a more snippet. to that. Yeah. But I, yeah, I encourage you to go and, and watch that. Um, but, yeah, the, <laughs> I wanted to, I've lived where the Jimmy Kimmel show is taped. It's in mm-hmm. L.A., and where he tapes is like in a, even, I don't know, that's the liberalist of liberal areas. Mm-hmm. Um, right there. What area on, is it? Television City area, or where is it's, it? It's on right on Hollywood Boulevard, like Hollywood and Highland. Oh, okay. Area, oh, right I thought there. it might be like Burbank or over in. A, nope, okay. in Hollywood. <laughs> and um, I can, you can tell in the beginning of that video, it's it's not comfortable. They're not they're not comfortable when this starts. Yeah. And so she like she the, the moderator or the, not the moderator the the person that is kicking off the little girl. She walks out and she starts it. And the first thing she says, she, yeah, her. So when she says it, you can you hear maybe a couple of people laughing. So basically, right. those are the people from the Midwest that flew in. Like, hey, yeah, we'll go to Jimmy Kimmel show today. Those are the only two dudes that were laughing. Right. And then, they're like, listen, post production, laugh track, yeah. lots of laugh track, right? Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if they actually had someone come down there and they were someone was like telling them to clap, you know, during that thing. Because yeah, it, that the, the sentiments that he's saying, I, I give him props. That was bravery. You know, I used to think if um, if there was ever a time machine created it would be great to go to certain time periods and just you know be a fly in the wall declaration of independence or you know d-day you know planning or whatever and now i really want to bring 
some progressives from the past into the future <laughs> and just say, look at what you've created. Yeah. Because I guarantee you lots of them would be wildly bothered by it. Because they, they, they have the progressive mindset, but they're only thinking it'll go so far. So many of them only think it will go this far. They don't realize all the ways that it's going to continue. You know? And I, I guarantee you if you showed it, well, first of all, Wilson, who was you know big progressive you know leader in America, was a huge racist. So we're like, okay, Woodrow, here you go. Um, this is what it's like, you know. You know, you can't say certain words or whatever. He would lose his mind. Yeah. Now I, I think that being, even being labeled a progressive seemed like that was taboo. Like they tried to keep that right. under the radar. But nowadays, look what we had in one of the Democratic debates. We had Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton fighting each other on who was the true progressive. Yep. I was like, if, if I'm a, if I'm coming, if I'm a progressive and I'm coming back, if I'm Woodrow Wilson, I come back to life and I hear that, I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah, they Dude, fought, don't say that so loudly. They fought over who's the biggest progressive <laughs> yes. and booed Jesus. Right. Good <laughs> gosh, man. Like, you've come a long way, baby. Congratulations, gosh, you've yeah. really gotten it done. Like progressivism, it's. I mean, if they're if they're following the old like Fabian, you know, society mm-hmm. from the UK, if they're following that like doctrine of the things that they want to get done, it's a very slow process. Mm-hmm. So they can't do things. I, I, I would. I'm just curious if they would be. You know, if they would look look fondly on where, if the speed of which it, everything's occurred right now, or if they'd be pissed off and say, "Look, you guys should have established this socialist utopia mm-hmm. a long time ago." I, I don't know. Ho- hopefully, I guess my point is, I, I'm, I'm hoping that because of our, you know, our constitution, our society, right. that we've been able to adequately keep them at bay and hold them off. I mean, but you, I tell you what, with words like repeal and replace Obamacare, that's straight out of the progressive playbook right there. Because if you were not a progressive, you would not say repeal and replace. You would say, we're going to repeal that. Get that out of here. Well, and we all know in this past, and we all said, this will fail. And we know this sets up. What will they do? I mean, in uh, Democracy and Freedom, Milton Friedman lays out perfectly the fact that nobody ever says this government program was a bad idea and failed. Therefore, we must make it bigger. We must get rid of it. We must make it bigger. We didn't spend enough. We didn't do enough. And we said that when this happened. Yep. They're just going to go single payer. They're going to make the argument for, well, this clearly didn't work. You right. know? Oh, I, I, I fully think that that was uh, Bill's job as first gentleman. Gentlemen, yeah, thank yeah. you. I, I think that was what he really wanted to get done. I think they felt like that they took that personally that Hillary couldn't close that deal back in the '90s, and I think they were all ready to go. Like they were like, he, and what was he doing right before the ele- or right before uh, yeah the election? Bill was coming out, and that was what he was hitting hard on. Oh, He's like, you're total right. failure, Obamacare, <laughs> total failure. And then all of a sudden, he started walking it back a little bit. But you can tell Hillary's like, look, yeah. not yet. Don't let the cat out of the bag yet. <laughs> right, exactly. This is your thing, honey. But, you know. <laughs> not yet. That's really astute. That's, that's pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, um, Caleb, where will you be for Thanksgiving? Uh, my parents' house. Your parents' house. And who yeah. all's coming? Uh, my sisters. So we, we kind of do, since my family is so huge, we kind of do, everybody does their own individual family thing, like parents, siblings, and then we all meet up a couple of days. You say all, like extended family, like extended your dad's family. brothers and your mom's yeah, sisters exactly. and brothers and There's whatever. There's so many of them. So. Okay, so y- your immediate family, your siblings yep. and your parents get together and there's some sort on of Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving meal. Thanksgiving we do a thing and then like on Saturday we'll meet up with the whole family. Now who cooks the meal? Uh, my mom... We'll wow. Okay. I mean, just get back in the kitchen. Okay, My mom we see. and sisters. Okay. Okay. So it's got to be the women, right? 
Very I mean, insensitive. I would help, but I'm just not very good. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, sure. Okay, we understand. Plus, the Cowboys are playing, so. Mm-hmm. And, and so you'll be watching the game while they cook, and then you go in and eat. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Uh, Dad, does he cook? Huh? Does oh, Dad no. cook? Uh-uh. No. Wow, you guys hate women. And you're yeah, I know. It's shocking like this, yeah. Good gosh. So, um, uh, will there be uh, alcohol served? Uh, Yes. Is there alcohol? Okay. I'm just trying well, to get a sense for it. Yeah, and is it all traditional dinner? Mostly. Okay. Will you uh, say a prayer and will there be a, uh, everyone say what they're thankful It'll for? Is there a quick prayer. Okay. You know, I'm just curious. Your family is similar to mine. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to let that out on the air, but his family's <laughs> similar to mine as far as background. And, um, we're Mexican. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> I married into it. Caleb's, that's just, uh, you were born into it. Born into it. <laughs> born into it? Who's Mexican? <laughs> My name's Parker. Huh? Yeah, my dad's not Mexican. My mom my is. Oh, so okay, I have well, my dad's last name. Oh, okay, I see. But if your family... Well, at least people can't tell. That's good with Parker. That's good. <laughs> keep, that, keep that under wraps, you know. Not anymore. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, it's, it's funny, though, because, yeah, like, my wife's family, if they're like, if Caleb's yep. family, is every time, every holiday, even if it doesn't go with it, is an excuse for everyone to get blasted and drunk and to drink. <laughs> every, like, hey, it's Easter. Who's bringing the kegs? Like, I don't think that. I don't what? think that's just the Mexican thing. <laughs> it's, it's a rural Ohio thing, apparently, too, because that's where I grew up. And, you uh, should birthday see parties, Saturday. everything. Yeah. But so even small, a small child's birthday. You know, they just are, turned are there, two years old. Are there fights? Oh God. Okay, yes. yeah. Then this is universal. That's it. I don't know how many of graduation parties and whatever. Yeah, but people grabbing kegs happened, and running off with them and getting into language. fights and. What's that? Our fights happen in a different language. Is that what it is? That's now, it. Is, your, is your mom uh, first generation here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So her parents came here? Oh, no. Sorry. No. She's here for oh, the first time. Oh, she's here first yep. time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she wouldn't be first time. She's here yep. herself. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, did she immigrate here then? Before uh, your dad? With your dad? No. Mail she, order? She was... It was mail order. <laughs> no, she was actually here... Should they really uh, call that female order? Just she, was, to the side. she was here visiting... She had some family who had moved here, so she was visiting them, and that's when she met my dad. Okay, so are there tamales? Yes. Okay, see, interesting. Mm-hmm. And is that is that all holidays? Major yeah, celebrations. Much. Someone will always bring a huge thing of tamales, but yep. Christmas, that's the Christmas, Christmas actual thing, right? Yeah. Christmas, there's a lot more tamales than the But someone will bring some on Thanksgiving also. Yes. They'll, they'll just be there. Okay. It's, it's a given. Yeah. You'll have, like, a table of odd, like, me- traditional Mexican food that ends yeah, up there. Yeah, I think that's really cool, though. That's neat yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, no, I just I like hearing about people's different celebrations, how traditional they are or whatever. Um, so you grew up with this as opposed to you marrying into it. So this mm-hmm. is kind of new for you. But this is standard for you because yes. whatever you experienced growing up, that is, this is what Thanksgiving is to you. Right. Yes. So it wouldn't be to me, but it's when I go to it. Cool. So your kids, tamales are yeah. standard fare. But it wasn't to you. It's your, your right. evolution to it or whatever. Yeah, Welcome. mine was standard, uh, you know, rural Ohio... Thanksgiving dinner, you know, mom made it. We all waited around and then ate. That's Is your family Irish? Your mom made Partially it? Partially back to it. Yeah, she did. Yeah, did she you did. chip in? I do now. I make it all. In fact, I'm driving to my mom's house tonight in Ohio, and I'll be making Thanksgiving dinner for everybody. Really? Yeah. I make, wow. it, I make it at home, too. So, yeah. Mom made the pies, though. She's got that covered. So, all right. Back with a little bit more of the Pat and Stu program. <laughs> Thank you. 
The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Okay, uh, some troubling news here. Betsy DeVos, for, I was like, hey, Trump picked the Department of Education secretary, uh, Betsy DeVos, and supposedly she uh, supports charter schools and that. I was like... That's awesome. Good. We get somebody in there. A little more on Betsy DeVos. Yeah. Well, uh, we started getting tweets pouring in here. The first one, before we get to that, I'm sorry, i got to yeah. point this out, but at the only eternity says your shirt is awesome, so I have to Thank do a shout-out to her. Um, oh, yours. Oh, <laughs> at Jason Butchell. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, um, but then, to go along with this, a at Mark E0209, Mark Watkins, said that Betsy DeVos is a Common Core supporter, and he actually had some... Background information here. Yeah, we just up. checked that during the break, too. Yeah, she's a big <clears throat> Common Core supporter. What? What is that about? How are you a Common Core supporter and a charter school supporter? I mean, I know those aren't exactly opposites, but they're certainly not equally in, or easily in the same vein. Okay, so these are the things that we have to really start holding Trump's feet to the fire on, because this is something that he campaigned against was Common Core. This right. Is, this is one of his things that he right. was against. But now you're putting in someone that's supposed to be the head of the department who supports Common Core. That doesn't jive. No, you it doesn't make any kept, sense. You could have kept the last guy. Right. <laughs> right. right. Seriously, right? This, so there's no difference here. There's no difference here. Betsy's uh, big issue is going to be race again mm. to the top. <laughs> right? I mean, Good gosh. I mean, that's what you're talking about. Race, no left child <clears throat> behind, top. Top, up there, common. Uh, so this, today I was filling in the Glenn Beck program. And I start off and I give Trump this big credit about uh, decreasing the number of government workers. And um, this is going to be one of Steve Bannon's thing. And they're going to work with uh, Jason Chavitz in the House. And they are going to change the structure of um, retirement plans for government workers. And they want to get rid of some government workers. He's going to freeze government workers, the hiring of. And then uh, through attrition, they're going to get rid of some until Congress can act. They're going to try to eliminate some of these jobs. And I was like, this is wonderful. This is a great move. I sang his praises. And then I said, by the way, let's talk about him not prosecuting Hillary. And I went down the list because he had some disturbing comments. And I said, you know, moving forward, even though I didn't support him, I'm taking it issue by issue. And I'm going to talk about each one. How dare you? And that's what I got. How? I go to break. I open up my Twitter account. And I look. And a guy's like, got to turn off at Doc Thompson show. I'm tired of this Trump bashing. I've heard that for a year. Oh, my gosh. And I just lost it. I was like, I can't even talk about this. This is the very thing that you criticized Obama for and the sycophants 
you know, the zombies that followed Obama just, you know, carrying water or back during the George W. Bush administration with people like Rush Limbaugh just spent seven years singing everything he did was right. And then the last year, because people turned on him, finally were like, well, this tarp is bad. You know what right. I mean? See, Call them the, as you see them. Yes. What you're missing, Doc, is you're either all in or you're all out. You can't you can't play this take it issue by issue thing. What is that? No, you're right. You, you have you to board the train and ride it till you die. Caleb, you're right. That's that's how most people are. And I I think I'm finally realizing mm-hmm. while I why I've always been kind of at odds. I mean, I've worked at stations that were conservative and done all these different things, and I'm always feeling like I don't quite fit in. This is why because I'm the one who dares to call. Situations as I see them. There is a difference between, uh, you know, constantly bashing someone, someone, and then you know, and not getting behind. We're not saying we're not going to get behind the president. Not at all. But you have to, like Doc said, you have to call it as you see it. You have to hold his feet to the fire because, look, we are in a historic opportunity here. There's some great things we can do, but the actual reverse can happen. So now what happens if we don't start calling him out on some of these things and he he ends up, you know, everything that he campaigned on, he's not going to end up doing. So we have to point these things out. That's accountability. Accountability. Otherwise you fall into, now you're falling into, if you don't, you know, analyze this and hold him to to some of his promises, then you fall into a cult of personality uh, type scenario. You're just in love with the personality of the man. You have to get away from that. Look at this as a historic opportunity. He can do some great things. But when we, when we see these things, we have to call it as we see them. You have to point these things out. We're, we're not saying we're not going to get behind the president. We're not saying that. No, I've said we're, a lot of times I've said good things about him so right. far, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in fact, to show it out is early on I was a Ted Cruz supporter. I like the, um, the possibility of a Rand Paul. I don't want to dive into all that, but he just spiraled out of control. But it was Ted Cruz. And as we went through the election, I found out more about his policies then I was like, yeah, Ted Cruz looks like the guy. And then I found out a couple things, and I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like 90, 95% behind Ted Cruz. And I was like, I'm like, you know, 85, 90% behind Ted Cruz. And where I ended up was somewhere in the 80s. I'm like, still can support the guy, still pretty good. I wish he was better about some things, but about, you know, 80-some percent like that. Still called him as I saw him. Ted screwed some things up. He gets some things wrong. But you have these people that are either all in, like you said, or all out. That seems to be the world now. And I think that's the reason we have so much trouble with the alt-right and the people supporting Trump, because you're all in for this stuff. I get it. You, this is your guy. But you're willing to ignore all of this stuff that you wouldn't have in the past simply because you're all in. And I can understand the campaign season. Like, I can see you going all in at that point, because, look, at, at, at that time, you were worried about little things popping up here and there that okay. would derail your candidate. And so I can see why they'd be coming out against, you know, media or whoever else saying, look, stop talking about this. We have to get this guy elected. OK, I can understand that. So we, we have him elected. He's elected. He's there. Um, he's going to take office. Now is not the time to be all in, you know, or all out. Now is not the time. Now is the time to support the president. But every time he does something that is not what he campaigned on or what we're not against, to say, look, no, this is not okay. You know, we have to point this out. It's not going to not going to change the fact. He's still going to be president, you know, in, in you know in a month or two. Right. He's still going. Nothing is changing. So why not call him out on these things? Why not push for exactly what he promised you for? That's what we should push for. So your take on uh, all of his picks so far, uh, give him a, a across the board, not individually, across the board rating. Um, there's, there's one great pick. This seems to be a bad one. I need to do more research. And then a bunch of meh. Um, so I, 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 I generally <laughs> like the Sessions pick. You didn't like uh, Sessions? I generally do like Sessions. Oh, so yeah, that, that was my good pick, yeah. I, I was like, I, I could have taken either Ted Cruz at that position. I would have been kind of cool with Trey Gowdy. 
getting named. A lot of that. people suggest that Ted's a pit bull or yeah, I mean, a Trey's Trey, a pit bull. Yeah, yeah, that, so that would have been a dope pick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Pompeo, CIA, um, kind of meh. Meh. He, he's he's got he's got the background because he was on the intelligence committee. Um, so he's he, I think he's got some of the experience. Look, the CIA director is more of like a uh, he's more of an executive at a company. Okay. So he's not the spy master. He's not the guy that you know has been down the dirty. You know, and he's you know he's been you know fighting the commies during the Cold War. Right. He's a guy that can keep everybody running in the same direction. It's the deputy director level guys underneath him are the old school spies. Okay. So whatever. I I think that he'll be. They fine. have the campaigns. They know the yeah. The, the, the only the only <laughs> issue with Pompeo was is that he um he was very big in rolling back some of the uh, Patriot uh, Patriot Act stuff. Or he wanted to bring it back. He wanted to bring it back. Yeah, so um, he wants to bring the Patriot Act, Patriot Act stuff back full on, and but even go uh, even surpass that. Yeah. But me and Caleb were talking about that. That's I, definitely a bad pick. Then it's bad, but, but he's, he's not, not in charge NSA. of domestic surveillance. He's okay, in charge of foreign surveillance. Foreign stuff. surveillance. You're right. That's okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So if so, he was NSA, it'd be much worse. Then it would be yeah. bad. So what about you? In all, all in all, so far, a lot of meh. Still, yeah, still like wait and see. Like we still have three of the four big ones left. But sessions, sessions. Good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Solid. So I tell you what, he can go to A plus plus if Mattis, Mad Dog Mattis, goes to Mattis. I'm yeah. all in when that yeah. happens. Yeah. I'll be the all in or all out guy. Forget <laughs> it. Forget what I just said. I'm going to break back with more. It's Pat and Stu's program, but Doc and Jason and Caleb filling in for him today. <laughs> Okay, so first I was like, Betsy DeVos. Then I was like, oh, Common Core supporter. And once again, I'm like, "Mm, maybe. So we have more information on her. This is Trump's pick for Secretary of Education. It's Betsy DeVos. Um, Supposedly, she was a Common Core supporter. Now we're hearing that she may have just been at a rally and is kind of lukewarm on it. Is that the best we're getting, Caleb? Yeah, I think it's... uh, We're going to find out more in the coming weeks. We need more time for research. Okay, so, but it's not automatically a, this is horrible, right? <laughs> what? I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know how to, uh, I mean, it, it, and there's, I was just reading another article that kind of went along with that, and apparently it's, she has like a few ties to a couple of organizations that are somewhat pro to Common Core, but um, she hasn't actually made a statement. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so, so it's, it's kind of like the trace the connections type of connection. <laughs> Uh, okay, she uh, tweeted the uh, first time, uh, a couple tweets out since 2014. And uh, one of them she put, I am honored to work with the president-elect on his vision to make American education great again. The status quo in ed is not acceptable. And then three minutes later, she t- tweeted, together we can work to make transformational change to ensure every student has the opportunity to fill, hi- fulfill his or her highest potential. So here's the real concern I see. You guys get Wi-Fi over there, but over here I'm getting nothing. I can't do anything over here. Because we're in a Wi-Fi friendly zone here. Yeah, That's uh, what it is. Yeah. Uh, some of us are not using Wi-Fi. You can use your phone 
Yeah, I'm almost at my data limit right now, so I'm saying I'm not getting Wi-Fi either. I'm on LTE, man. That's Jeffy Station, so they do things specifically to sabotage him over there. So I'd be very, very careful. There's a lot of Trump cologne over here. All right, so tell me about the squirrel. What happened with the squirrel? I saw a headline of the squirrel, but I didn't understand what happened with the squirrel. What's with the squirrel? This I could not read. This is from Brandon Morris from the Blaze. He put the story out there. I don't know how he found this, but this cracked me up. I could not get through the end of this story, but it's on theblaze.com right now. But there was a, I guess a, he was a member of like a city council or whatever in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And his big thing, like we were talking about all the bad things in the world to talk about, you know, that's yeah. going on in the, today. But his big charge, his, you know, big his, issue. his crusade was <laughs> right. all these damn squirrels that are eating the tops of garbage, uh, the garbage pails. Okay, and, first of all, so uh, are they, I mean, pl- are they plastic, I'm guessing, and they're eating them? Yeah. I've never heard of that, but okay. Yeah, he was like, this, we're having to spend thousands and tens, tens of thousands, I think he said up to $30,000 a year. On rep- three hundred thousand, three hundred thousand of all on all these garbage cans because they're going in and like chewing the tops of them off and they're getting in and getting into the garbage. Oh, so they chew so, it to get into the garbage then? Right. Yeah. Okay. So this was his crusade. So he's done that. He's outed the squirrels. You know the public, the squirrels there in Chicago. So what is what happens? So he's going off on his bicycle. He's driving through the park. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, a suicide squirrel <laughs> comes in. Squirrel. Kamikaze. All of a sudden, you know, going ah, la, 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 or something like that. <laughs> dive bombs into his front wheel and gets stuck in the in the spokes. He flips over. Face plants into the concrete and has to have reconstructive surgery and all this stuff. Oh my god! That squirrel said, "Screw that! You're not going to talk about my homies like that." How's the and squirrel? It is suicidal. I mean, it was. Oh, yeah. a Did the squirrel get 72 nuts when he woke up? <laughs> <laughs> I seriously I think so. No, what we're going to find out later is that this squirrel was like recruited by ISIS. He probably t- he probably tried to go through Turkey. I think so. Taking him down. Back. He was under FBI watch. <laughs> Um, so that's probably what we're going to find out later. But <laughs> wow. So, great. so uh, yeah, the, the squirrels, <laughs> when animals attack, you know this guy is in the hospital going, that damn squirrel, right? That. <laughs> Because then you also know what's going to happen after you've been on the squirrel crusade. You know the media is going to be all over it too, right? Oh, you also know there's a squirrel at the window at the hospital looking at him like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know they have little nightmares about the squirrels chewing on his IV and stuff like that, right? This sounds like a Brendan Fraser movie. Straight it does. Up. In this fact, if we did, Fraser we'd be going, this is stupid. That would never happen, right? <laughs> Wow, that's uh, that's pretty awful. I didn't realize they were chewing through this stuff. I mean, that's that's a lot of cash. You have to replace them, but what are you going to do? Well, those squirrels are dedicated. You Here's my suggestion: what we do, we feed the squirrels a big government money program to feed the squirrels. Clearly, they don't have enough food to eat, so we just have to feed the squirrels. That's what we do. We have a, we have a department of uh, squirrel feeding and um, some sort of. I don't know if they'd be stamps. We could actually give them like a credit card type thing where they could swipe and then get all the nuts and stuff they would want. And I think that's the only way to deal with it. <laughs> or you could just shoot the squirrels. <laughs> or you could just shoot the squirrels. One of the two. I mean, I don't want to be... I feel like one's definitely cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> like, hmm. I, I think it's hilarious. Whatever they do, um, when they try to thin the herd, like uh, this happens in Cleveland every couple of years in different areas where the metro parks or parks are overrun by deer. There's just too many of them. And it's actually a good thing to thin out the herd. That's the reason we have controlled hunting and stuff. And they'll say, okay, we've got way too many deer and they're causing all these problems. So we got to thin them out and they hire some hunters. And this is like the biggest issue. People melt down about this. You're killing the poor deers, you know, the deer. What about the poor deer? And how are you going to kill them? And then what are you going to do with the meat? And then they have to offer the meat to the homeless and all kinds of stuff like this, as opposed to just let people go out and shoot the deer. How about that? 
Good you, know, you know what they should do is they should copy Florida. Remember when we were talking about the genetically modified mosquitoes? Oh, that's genetically right. Genetically modified squirrels. I'm telling you, and anytime I see the cool. dead, that's genetically modified with the, 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 I keep thinking of like, I am legend and stuff. Yes. It got passed. Where too. this is, yeah, we're, we're going to go to the point where we're like, oh my gosh, we have this weird effect. We killed off all of the mosquitoes, and because of that, something else happened. It's Zombie like the butterfly freaking apocalypse. Right, that's what's going to happen with this. <laughs> At some point, I'm going to be, you know, I am legend out there in New York with the people getting me the in the Florida nighttime. Keys. Yeah, that's what it is. It's just always really freaky. They try to they try to do this um, from time to time when dealing with other pests. And if, if I remember right, I can't remember where it was. It was like snakes and mongoose. And two, two creatures, I want to say that's what it was. If I'm wrong with the species, I apologize. But they had like a snake problem. And they said, well, the mongoose, take care of some snakes or whatever, so we'll do it. So he imported a bunch of them and let them loose. But one was nocturnal and one was not. So they were never out at the same time. So then they had two problems. So you still have the original invasive trouble and then the one you brought in invasively. Oh, man, on that, this was like, if you live in Texas, you hate fire ants. Fire ants are everywhere okay. out here. They are everywhere. But they're not native to here. So they were literally, they, for the same thing, they were brought, fire ants were brought in from somewhere in South America to kill off something else, like a locust or something like that that was messing with crops. So they brought them in specifically to. Yeah, and now they're, every it's infest, every yard is infested. They're mm-hmm. all over the place. I mean, Anyway, yeah. Just. Well, well, look at the um, all of the snakes in the Florida, Florida Everglades, all of the uh, the pythons and and constrictors or whatever, because they don't have any predators there. Snakes are one of your big. Uh, I don't like them, man. Right? I don't like them. It's a healthy disrespect for them, <laughs> because they're evil. Everyone knows that. The Bible. <laughs> the apple. What was it? That's what true. was it? Thank yep. you. Oh, yeah. that was Wasn't a, a bunny rabbit. That no, was it was a snake. We all know that. All right, quick break in. Don't forget, please follow at Doc Thompson Show and at Jason Buttrell on Twitter. Okay, so we were talking about terror attacks. Uh, a couple days ago, the State Department, as they do quite often, issued a terror warning for people traveling, Americans traveling in Europe, especially throughout the holiday season. It's not uncommon. I just said it, it seemed kind of weird and like possibility that something could happen. I hope it doesn't. And I even cited uh, the Nice attack. We talked a little bit about it yesterday, I think it was. And I said, um, it's only a matter of time before they start trying like that truck attack in America. They're not going to continually uh, do the same things they've done because we're watching for it. And then it looks like they were going to try a nice type attack, right? Yeah, they just, they just, they just arrested somebody in New York, um, a man that um, he was of Yemen descent. He, uh, had tri- he, tried to, uh, he, he lives in the United States now, but um, he's originally from Yemen. He traveled to Turkey trying to join ISIS. Then he tried to travel to Yemen to link up with the local ISIS chapter in Yemen. He failed both times, but actually he, I, my guess is he probably didn't fail. They probably told him that keep your passport and go back home. Oh yeah, because that's what they're doing now. Because it's it's too it's too way too difficult for them to get in. They're much more valuable now to if they, especially if they come from the United States or the UK or France. So they're saying we don't need you to stay here and fight with us in the desert. We right. want you to attack. We get right. more 
bang for our buck. Right, because they have tons of people coming from North Africa and places like that. That, that. That's almost impossible for them to get into places where they can want to do a terrorist attack like the United States. Okay. It's, there's more scrutiny on them. Mm-hmm. But a, an American that's got a green card, they just send them back home. Say, look, yeah, you're in ISIS, you're in the caliphate, but go back home. They, they teach them the oh. handshake, give them the code word. Exactly, yeah. You're one of us. Mm-hmm. Wait for the call. Right. Okay. And uh, so th- they arrested this guy in New York City, and he his pl- his goal was, and he, le- he, he mentioned this to an undercover agent or an informer, either one of the two, that he wanted, that his plan was to get a big truck, he said preferably a garbage truck. Um, which was Nice. Which nice was, was nice, a big garbage truck, yeah. And drive it straight through the Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City. And, exactly and, what they're Yeah, and I, I even said, I said, it, it sounds cliche when you hear of these big events, You're, you know, they're always on higher guard, but at some time, at some point, <laughs> they're actually going to they're going to do one of them, you know, I mean, they're yeah. going to take it out. That, that also helps the other parts of terrorism because you don't feel safe in a big gathering. Right. You know, uh, I can't stress enough, especially during the holidays and, and significant dates like September 11th, stuff like that. If you're in a large gathering, it just just be aware of your surroundings. You know, have a plan. Have a plan with your family. Know what you're Is going to do. Is that pretty standard for you now? You got to dinner? Yeah. 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 Do you look, do you look for where the exits she, are? Always. Yeah. Jason also always has a plan to kill everybody in, in the room. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, General Mattis. Um, no, I mean. I was never in service. I didn't ever level of security, but I'm a little paranoid with that stuff. And I would say probably 80, 90 percent of the time I'm aware. I mean, I get lulled into a sense of security time. But if I go into a restaurant or whatever, I'm sitting there. I'm like, exit over there. There's one out back over there. There's the kitchen. You know, I'm always like that. I generally sit with my back to the wall. You know, I'm always trying to watch for that stuff. But you know where it always crosses my mind? At some point when I go to church, I think how vulnerable people are oh, in church yeah. every time. And I'm Catholic. So if you're kneeling and you're praying, it's silent, you know, whatever. Somebody just in the back of the room, I, I, it's only a matter of time. What do you see now? And I was like, you used to never see security at churches. I, I don't, I haven't been to it. We were just church shopping or church hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, over, we finally found one and settled down. But we were church shopping for a while. Every single church. Different denominations. Right. Uh, my wife's Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, they never had security there. Now they have multiple security officers. Is it there. is it official officers? Or um, people in close? Because what? It, I mean, I'm in a small town. I'm in Bentonville, Arkansas, um, which is a pretty small town. Um, so I don't see any officers there, but they do have the ushers that are standing in back. So it's not like it's completely open and free. It's like you these know. are officers, like not like police officers. Although I, one church I went to, they had an off-duty uh, police officer that was there in the lobby. Okay, um, but the rest of the time they're in like you know security get you know gear Garb, and a uniform yeah. and all that stuff. So they're actually taking a more proactive role. That's good. I mean, you're just and it's such a statement you make if you go in and, and attack somebody in church. I mean, that's just it's oh. such a sacred place for people that it's there's it's a, well and look at the guy in Charleston. That was the other thing. Remember when he shot the place up? Yep. You yeah. know, I mean, it's you're you're vulnerable, and you you want to believe that you're safe at church. When I was in uh, when I was in this uh, threat assessment field, uh, we looked at multiple different attacks that would completely change how the United States government operates, at least for a certain period of okay. time. Okay. There was a few attacks. <laughs> One involved uh, an attack on an elementary school, um, which we've kind of had, but we didn't have the political. Uh, repercussions that would happen if it was like a, a terrorist group. Right, exactly. And especially that wanted, like, made a big fiasco out of it. We did this, we're coming for you, right? Right, exactly. Um, the other one involved multiple malls being hit at the same time. Now, we, 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 we analyzed the reaction to that. Basically, it would be an o- massive overreaction. So, in, instances of martial law in certain areas, I mean, full, like, rounding people up, it would happen. I, I must just have an evil mind because I have, I've run down a list 
with friends, and a lot of times I will talk about them on the air, of things that I know would just destroy people. And the elementary school thing, yeah. they start pulling out kids out of like this, and your kid is not safe in school. Nobody sends their kids to school anymore. And I've got another one that, that any nutcase could pull off in an afternoon that would be devastating. I mean, with the supplies that are readily at hand, so I won't even say it. But... It's so possible if yeah. you're clever. And, and people, like elementary schools, are just not, they're not taking this, this seriously, in my opinion. Like, come on, wait, come on, give me. They have the little sign on the door, the circle slash, no guns. Yeah, this is they a, have that. This is a safe area. Please go, yeah, go away. Yeah, do it whatever. Yeah, I mean, they, they're not taking it seriously. You can walk into any of these places. They need to really buckle down and get serious. You know, malls, for instance, those are huge Wide security open. Mm-hmm. Huge. And, and if you have a team of people... As opposed to one dude? Yeah, the carnage you could do is just insane. And and all you do is, it's what the Indians do with the buffaloes, right? You get them run in one direction, and they just run right in the line of fire. It's very sad. But a lot of uh, malls you go to, they have 30-06, 30-07 signs on there, basically putting a huge target on there, which says you cannot carry a gun in the facility. (laughs) Huge target. (laughs) And some of the malls you go to in DFW, you see more burkas there than I'll see in the Middle East in some trips. Yeah, Straight up. I just got back from northern Iraq. I didn't see hardly any burkas. It's normal. It's I mean, you accept things, right? It's yeah. Oh, Do you think about these things when you go to the mall or shopping or restaurants? Do you? Uh, yeah, Jason's trained me that way now. Okay, I was so. going to say just being around Glenn Beck, you probably. I mean, are you partial catastrophist now? Do yeah, these I things? I think some of it's rubbed off. Okay. Unfortunately. And uh, <laughs> do you have some sort of me- um, meditation or medication to deal <laughs> with these things that you learn about from Glenn? No. nothing official (laughs) all right so tomorrow is thanksgiving um i wish all of you the happiest of thanksgivings hopefully you'll take a moment and realize that still in spite of all of the bad there is more good in america right now than most of the world and most of the world that has ever existed coming up tomorrow morning in the glenn uh sorry friday morning in the glenn beck program uh radio show please join me as we're going to run down a whole business And a way to approach business in the future and a way we can promote your business. We're going to give you free commercials. All you have to do is call up 888-727-BECK. Please share with your friends and families, anybody who owns a business, small, big, online, local store. It doesn't matter. It can be a nonprofit. We're going to give you free commercials. You just call up. But have something prepared for 60 seconds and have a website and information. And then make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Doc Thompson Show. And the hashtag is what uh, is Building America. So you'll be able to go back through and check them all out. And you can also tweet out your business with Building America as well. Happy Thanksgiving.